Welcome to The Dish, the culinary travel podcast focusing on the stories behind world-famous foods. We are your hosts, Tom and Megzi from foodfuntravel.com. Join us for tasty histories, destination food guides, and more. In this episode, are calamari and squid the same thing? And what about cuttlefish? We settle the online confusion of what calamari really is. Plus, the history of deep-fried calamari rings as a dish. Plus, fact or fiction, is cheap commercial frozen calamari sometimes made from pig rectum instead of seafood? Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Dish. Yes, we are back with another episode to uh, give you information about another worldly dish that, I mean, often most of the time we do about dishes that we love. There's only been a couple of episodes where we've done yucky dishes. Well, I like this dish a lot. Yes. I don't know why you don't, and I'm sure you've had it occasionally and thought it was okay. Yeah, I'm just not a big fan of the genre. Oh, well, you like prawns, shrimp, as it were. True. Maybe scallops. Yeah. And so calamari, not so sure? Yeah. Okay. So I think the thing is, and we'll probably get into it in this episode very deeply, is the fact that calamari is very hit and miss. Sometimes it's really nice and soft and, you know, really lovely to eat. And other times it's like chewing on a tire. A fishy tire. Yeah, a fishy tire. Gross. Yeah. Well, it does depend a lot. And for the calamari lovers like me, we'll even put up with the slightly chewier version. But yes, the soft, wonderful, melt-in-the-mouth version is what you really want. Yes. And is there a reason why some calamari is better than other calamari? Well, we're actually going to be talking about that very specifically in this episode. Because this episode's about calamari. Yes, it is. So, amazingly enough, calamari, uh, and specifically we are talking about battered deep fried style calamari yeah we are not talking about any old use for squid no We're no the rings specifically this the, dish. The, the the battered deep fried rings that you'd yep. get from your chippy we're talking rings in australia getting from the chippy from the fish and chip shop but in a lot of other countries that's not the normal place to get them at all but uh-huh. that's the australian thing uh-huh. so there you go yeah i'm sure a lot of people not from australia didn't realize that that's a classic fish and chip shop option i think a lot of people not from australia would have known what i was talking about when i said chippy Ah, that's also true. Uh, in England, at the fish and chip shop, I think maybe you can get calamari at some, but scampi always used to be the main thing you get at the fish and chip shop. What's scampi? Uh, it's like small prawn type things. Okay. Fried. I think, actually, I, I never really understood exactly what scampi is. Maybe it's a different species, but that is for another episode. We digress already before even starting. Oops. So, yes, this is our first time uh, recording in quarantine. Hopefully everyone out there is safe and healthy. We haven't mentioned this on an episode before because the previous episodes we recorded before quarantine and now, yeah. And we are well, in isolation. We're in isolation. We're not in quarantine. We can still go outside and oh, go yeah. shopping and stuff. We don't, we don't have the COVID. We do not have it. We haven't had it. We're clean. You can't catch it through a podcast. Let's stop disinformation right now. <laughs> Listen to as many podcasts as you like. You can't catch COVID through Especially a podcast. Especially travel podcasts. Listen to many travel podcasts because you can't travel right now, but, you know, there's no ban on dreaming about travel. So, you know, exactly. get out there. Listen to podcasts. 
get out there in your house. <laughs> is what I mean. <laughs> get out on your balcony if you're lucky enough to have one. Hang out the window. Yeah, whatever get out you can near do. the window. Yep. Have a look. See what's going on. Hopefully, you have a better view than just a brick wall. Uh, I know some people have brick wall views. Anyway, yeah. So, hopefully, all you guys out there listening to this are safe and healthy right now and everything's going okay where you are, at least as okay as it can be. Let's get started on calamari then. So, yes, we're talking about calamari rings, not just calamari in general, but I am going to go into what is the difference between calamari, squid, and even cuttlefish? Because all of these things are sort of similar. And I was like, what really is the difference between these things? Yeah, because they seem very similar texture wise. And I thought it was just like different places had different names for things, which you do come across a lot. But no, they're actually different species, right? That is part of the story that we're going to get into. Let's do it. it actually gets more complicated than that. But yes, calamari rings, deep fried, are a favorite all over the world these days, uh, especially in Europe. UK, Australia, USA, I mean, pretty much everywhere now it's become a thing. Yeah. Uh, It wasn't always a massive thing everywhere. The Mediterranean is definitely one of the epicenters of where this all started. But it's, yeah, calamari has been used by a lot of nations. It's used in Asia as well. Uh, Salt and pepper squid, famous sort of dish from Asia. So it is an easy to come by product that is being, being used by different cultures and societies over the years. So... But before we actually get on to discussing like a bit of the history about the actual dish calamari, I wanted to try and help people get their heads around exactly what calamari is please, as a species. Because as you said, you're not even that sure about what it is. Nah. Is it a species? Is it a subspecies? What is this exactly? I've seen lots of different explanations. And this is why I was like, my interest was piqued at this point. I was like, I actually want to find out what the answer is to this because everyone seems to have a different story on what calamari is. So... I suppose one of the number one things, like I think maybe we mentioned right at the start of the episode, though, uh, calamari, people believe it's a little more tender and squid is like at the hard end of the scale. That's like the, the low end, the low quality end. Yeah. So, yeah, you've got calamari at the top, squid at the bottom. That's one thing that people say. And so in some countries like Australia, for instance, if you go to a seafood market, you'll find calamari and squid next to each other at seafood market and one has a higher price than the other. Ah. So it's stuff like that. It's like, well, calamari is the fancy end. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like just, it, it, it's, I guess it's just like buying your different types of mints and you, you know, you can see by looking at it, that if you like buy the more expensive one, generally you're getting the better quality beef mints and you can see the difference in the quality between the crappy cheap mints and the good quality mints. That may or may not be true. So, <laughs> let's just, Generally, generally. Yeah. You can oh, with tell mints, with mints, yes. With mints, yeah. But, I mean, with calamari, hmm. maybe more to this. So- some websites say calamari is a distinctly different type of squid species. It's like certain types of squid are calamari. Uh, some say that when the squid is cooked, then that is calamari. So think like calamari is the cooked dish and squid is the raw food. So like think beef is the, cook, is the dish you cook. That's the food and cattle is the product that you get yeah. before you make it into food. But it doesn't just end there. There's even more confusion. Uh, So I decided the only way to solve this debate was probably to actually look at the marine biologist's explanation of what a squid is. Yeah. Because it seems like all of these answers, what everyone has, is just like, well, I think it's this. So breaking it down to the actual species rather than the cooking terms. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just a cooking term, perhaps. This also wasn't as straightforward as I thought it was going to be. There is no website that's like, marinebiologist.com. Yes, this is calamari. These are calamari. These are squid species. 
No. What I really discovered was both culture, language, and marine biology all seem to have competed with each other to make this into a massive mess. Awesome. It's all over the place. Nothing makes sense. And that's before we even start talking about cuttlefish as well, which is also in the mix. Yeah. So there's a lot of things all very similar. Doesn't quite make sense. So I'm going to try and get everyone's heads around the science. There's going to be some long Latin words, but don't worry Yay. about them. It's literally just for the sake of the story. You don't need to remember any of these. There's no uh, quiz at the end. There's classes and subclasses and groups of species and subclasses of like, I, it's like, what? Science is completely bonkers. And apparently there's a lot of different types of squid. So I've broken it down into some quick steps. Let's try and get through this nice and simply. Yep. It's not that simple. Because this is but the boring part, but you need to know. This is the boring part. I found it really quite interesting to figure this out. And it was, yeah, there wasn't just websites that went, this is the answer. Yeah. No, I had to do a lot of research to actually try and figure this all out. Step one, for a basic understanding, we are to assume that calamari is a type of squid. That is definitely true. Okay. It is within the squid they family, are cousins. at the very least. No one disagrees on this. Uh, it's definitely part of the same thing. It's going to get a bit more nuanced later on, but calamari is definitely in the squid family. Squid, cuttlefish, and octopus are all coleoids, which is a subclass of cephalopods, which are a class of mollusks. So mollusks at the top, that breaks down to cephalopods. And then below that, coleoids, they're which then breaks into. Yes, they're a type of mollusk. Weird. They're a mollusk without a shell. And all of the cephalopods that existed that started before the dinosaurs were wiped out, and the only ones that made it past the dinosaurs being wiped out were the coleoids, which is the cuttlefish, squid, and octopus from this group. What about the giant squid? Giant squid's a squid. That's true. They're just big ones. Yeah, just big ones. They're definitely inside of this. So, these guys have been around for over 65 million years. And the rest of their family groups, like higher up that class, some of them were, were knocked out. Obviously, mollusks are around as well. Yeah. Different types of mollusks. But this is where we're not going to go to that. That's way too complicated. Yeah, too much. Right. It's already too much. Step three. Octopus are a different subclass from the rest because they have eight tentacles, hence octo, octopus. Indeed. Easy. Whereas squid and cuttlefish have eight legs. And two longer tentacles, so ten. They have ten, ah. not eight. That's why they are actually classed as completely different, although they're in the same family. All right. Octopus, psh, cousins, off to the side. Don't need to know about them anymore. Exactly. Octopus is gone. So they use these two long tentacles to grab food, which then goes between their arms and into their beak. beak. Yes. Which I love. Yeah, they I have love a beak. they have a beak. <laughs> um, and so there's sometimes there's, all this, there's also this confusion of where their head is. The head is actually just on top of all the little flappy legs. And the big long bit that we eat as rings, as squid rings, uh, that is the body. So the body is above the head. Oh. And this is where they actually get the name cephalopod, which is Greek for head foot. Because their head is <laughs> next to their feet rather than at the top of their body. <laughs> this, is this is a real thing. This is yep. how it got named. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So that's three. Okay, so we've got that. Octopuses are out. We're on to ten, ten yep. tentacles, like things. Okay, next step. Step four. Cuttlefish and squid are distinct, although they're part of the same group. Cuttlefish is a subclass because cuttlefish have a cuttle bone inside of them, which they use to control the buoyancy of how they move up and down. So that's why I don't, you've never prepared cuttlefish. I have, but yeah, no. there's this sort of, this not rigid, but it's like a firm translucent type thing that you have to pull out. And it's much thicker in cuttlefish than it is in squid, where they just have this tiny little thin thing, which is called a pen rather than a cuttle bone. And, and that's they use they, it for buoyancy. Well, with cuttlefish, they use it for buoyancy. I don't know if squid use theirs for buoyancy. 
Uh, also, apparently, they have a different propulsion system because, of course, they have propulsion systems in squids. I'm not going to get into more detail on that because we're getting way off food. If you want to know, food. go Google it. Yeah, but that go does Google sound it. cool. So, yeah, cuttlefish are from the order. So, we've got orders, classes, subclasses. This is so confusing that on a podcast, it won't make any sense. Let's just say, like, cuttlefish are different. They're from the order Sapida, uh, which is within the general squid area, but it's like a sec- another class that's yep. different. Diverged from squid. Step five. Squid come from the order Tutaida, which is a strange word to say and spell, but of which... There are suborders within that group of another four different specific subclasses of squid. See what I mean? This is crazy. But we're getting through it. We're getting through it pretty quickly. There's like four or five minutes getting through this, and then it's all going to start to make more sense. So, so cuttlefish is like one species. That's it. And then, well, like all different species within one class. And then the squid is another class within the class, but then four more classes underneath that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Orders of squid. So it's getting ridiculous. So all these different types of squid, giant squid and whatever, are in different orders under the category squid. It's, oh my God, crazy. So step six, just to sum up on the science side of things and get this over with, anything that is squid or calamari, if such a thing as calamari specifically exists, we're going to get into that, is in the order Tertida. That So that's it. Everything that's not in the Tertida order is not a squid or a calamari. That's something else. It's an octopus. It's a, a cuttlefish or something else. Okay. So that's it. Okay. Let's say, I mean, these all taste pretty similar. Like cuttlefish and squid taste pretty similar, but they are specifically, scientifically, marine biologist style different. different. That's where the difference is. And this is where the science now is ruined by pop culture. So this is, that's it. That's as far as we can go with the science. Mm-hmm. Anything in this tetuda is a squid or calamari or whatever. It's in the squid family. Okay. But everything else is not. And now the word calamari gets very confusing. Okay. Let's so this is going to be fun. All right. So this is going to be fun. It. It's going to be my, fun. I think my ears are bleeding already with Has trying to- Has it made sense so far? I, yeah. Is there any point where you're confused about- No. So, yeah. Just so, so the people at home know what we're talking about. So the main things that people get confused with is squid, calamari, and cuttlefish. And octopus in general, because they're all very similar. Yeah. Octopus are completely different. So they they're gone. Eight tentacles, they're out. They're out. They've got eight. Then cuttlefish is actually in a different order, order than the other two because of this bone that they have. So that yeah. makes them different as well. They're just like distant cousins or whatnot. Yeah. So then it gets a little bit closer when you've got your squid and your calamari. They're much closer together, but still different orders in the same Family. There's a bunch of orders in that same class of Tutida. All right. Anyway, so that's enough of the science. I'm not really going to go back to much of that. We got through it. It's done. Done. And let's get on to the cultural part and the history of the dish. So culturally, it still continues to be confusing. Uh, to understand why calamari could be different from squid could quite possibly come down to etymology. This happens often. It does. So the history of the words... Uh, From ancient Greek, the oldest known use of a word similar to calamari was kalamos, which means pen. So, referring to the the ink and the fact that they were like a pen inside the calamari. Then, from ancient Greek, we move on to medieval Latin, calamarium, which is Latin meaning pen case. So, holding of the ink. Which is quite... I I love these names. I love these names. So, that's literally what it meant. It was like holding of the ink, pretty much. Uh, eventually, that moved into modern Italian, calamaro, 
which is the singular, and calamari is the plural. So calamari as a dish, of course, is many calamaro. Yeah, you only just get one ring. So yeah, it's not a single squid. It's like lots of rings. So that's why it's called calamari. And yeah, that definitely refers to the, the actual dish made with squid, not cuttlefish. Because in Italian, cuttlefish is sepia. And in Portuguese, cuttlefish is choco rather than calamaros. Yes. But in Spanish, calamaros is cuttlefish or squid. Oh. I'm like, what? So if you order calamaros in Spanish, you could end up either having cuttlefish or calamari. So if anyone is Spanish and is listening right now and you can tell us how you order the difference between the, when you're at a restaurant and you definitely want one particular yeah, thing. I'd like to know because the internet how, wouldn't tell me. Yeah. How do you order it? You can tweet us at Food Fun Travel or email us at megzi at foodfuntravel.com or drop us a DM on Instagram, which is Food Fun Travel as well. Because uh, I would like to know how you order calamari or yeah. squid. So the word squid is the English word rather than the Latin word or Greek Latin word. This has barely any etymology at all. In fact, absolutely none. There's just a guess that perhaps squid is a derivative of the word squirt because they used to squirt ink. And it could be from the 17th century or thereabouts from fishing terminology. Yeah. That's it. So literally, unlike calamari, which is very specific about how it was derived from ancient Greek, squid, no one really seems to know. It's just a guess. So... And here's where it gets even more confusing, maybe to some extent. When it comes to etymology, I mean, literally, the word squid is just a new word that we've invented in English to refer to something. If you're talking, if you're having this argument in Italian or Spanish, you don't ever use the word squid. There is no difference between calamari and squid. They're all calamari. Yeah. Everything is calamari because that's the Italian Latin word. So, our own English slang has muddied the waters and confused everyone. It definitely has. Because now we're looking at like different products, one squid, one's calamari, which is super confusing. Yeah, we, this wouldn't be a podcast. If we were an Italian podcaster, this would not be a podcast. They're just like, <laughs> it's all calamari. Yeah, what are you what, talking about? Why are we having an argument about this? So, but this is what's happened. This starts to reveal why it's so confusing and why in English it's become very confusing. So, yeah, has the word calamari taken on a new meaning? Does it refer to something different in English? Has culture actually changed the way that we use the word calamari to a point where now certain things are calamari and certain things are squid, like different species? Have we actually just changed what the word means? Because in, it, in Italian, no, it's all the same. It's one thing. Hmm. So is this what's actually happened? And we're going to look a little bit more at that as we get towards the end of the episode. So, yeah. Is it calamari? Is it squid? Or is it pig's rectum? Which is the the side story that we're going to talk about at the end. Yes. Because uh, there's also some uh, stories about that. I have heard stories that, yeah, if you're in a bit of a dodgy, dodgy place that's trying to save some money on decent seafood, they're serving something different. Apparently, there is a story that pig rectum, because it's nice and round and chew- chewy. chewy and chewy. But it's just sliced up and sold in place of, of squid or calamari because it's cheaper. Yeah. So we'll talk about that at the end of this episode as well. That's something to look forward to, yeah, isn't it? I always like to put the gross stuff at the end so we don't <laughs> lose everyone right at the start. So to figure all this out and to figure out why the word calamari has become like the word that everyone seems to use for the best version or for for the food itself, we need to look a little bit at the actual history of the dish. Mm -hmm. 
Calamari, of course, has been a popular dish throughout the Mediterranean for thousands of years because it's a natural seafood product. You catch it, you cook it, you eat it. Yeah. That's what people did with food. It wasn't fancy. You just you cooked it and you ate it. So for as long as people have been catching it, they almost certainly have been eating it because that's, that's what, what happens. You do. So a definitive start date of the first calamari is basically not even worth discussing. Yeah. Could be Stone Age. I mean, yeah. got no idea. The earliest record of deep frying in general comes from Greece in the 5th century BC. Oh. So they've been frying for a long time. Very long time. And could they have been putting a light dusting of flour on the outside or, or battering it in some way? Totally possible. And then deep frying the calamari or just frying it without batter, maybe. But we just don't know. There's no definite record of that that we've found. Uh, but it's possible, of course. But at the very least, we know they would have been like barbecuing it or something. Yeah. Because that's still done today. And that would be the easiest, most obvious way to cook any sort of seafood. Uh, so it's been a long time favorite in Europe for a very long time. But surprisingly, the popularity of deep fried calamari itself, even though it's probably been eaten in Europe for a couple of hundred years, at least, if not longer, it didn't become a thing in the USA until the 1960s or a little bit after that. Really? They literally weren't eating it. Even though all these people had emigrated from Europe and this product is readily available down the east coast of the US uh, in the sea, they weren't turning it into deep fried calamari. Apparently, you might find it at some Italian restaurants as like grilled or, or stewed in tomato for a long time, like that sort of dish. Yeah. But the whole deep fried calamari rings did not become a thing until at the earliest 1960. Wowza. Yeah. Bit of a surprise. So I got two stories about how it probably became a thing in the USA. Uh, the first one seems a bit more like an urban myth, but maybe not. And the second story is about how it was transformed from like a nothing product that no one ate into literally a nationwide phenomenon that is on every junk food menu and every like restaurant appetizer menu. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, you get a cheesecake factory, you get cheesecake and calamari. Why not? Yeah, it seems to be this, this crazy thing with uh, American food history that a lot of these foods seem to have this renaissance where it was, you know, popular in a another destination and then immigrants came over and then they didn't really do anything with it and then suddenly someone goes you know what and they just go boom and it's this massive hit so yeah it seems to be quite a common trend with american food history we don't know for sure the first time that calamari deep fried calamari was served in the u.s but i think this is a fun story this is the oldest story the like original early claim. All right. Could have been being served in Italian restaurants anyway before that, but no one was really talking about it and it wasn't popular. All right. So the year is 1960 and the place is Randazzo's Clam Bar in Brooklyn's Sheepshead Bay. So, right, sort of just off the, on the coast, just in New York, not far from Manhattan. Uh, from the early 1920s, the Randazzo family owned a seafood shop close to the coast of Brooklyn, New York, and eventually they added a restaurant bar to that shop as well. And in 1960, Helen Randazzo started serving fried calamari with a spicy tomato sauce on the side because she wanted to make people drinking in the bar more thirsty. Hey, that so classic spicy sauce, it. drink more. Yep. Salty, spicy, drink more. Compared to other bars in the area who were just giving out pretzels and peanuts and that sort of thing. Boring. Giving out free seafood was a bit of a draw card. So they started getting a lot more people into the bar. Obviously, it was much more affordable back then. <laughs> well, this is it, actually, because back in the early 1960s, as I uh, said, squid was just not a popular choice for food, for yeah. humans to eat it at all. 
And it was basically just being used as bait for catching other food. Well, that's like lobster for years and years. Like people weren't eating lobster and now you pay like a butt ton of money just to eat a lobster. We're back in the, I think, was it where we found this out when we were in Belize? And they were like, yeah, we used to use it as like chum pretty much. Yeah. And they were selling it off to the USA for like two cents a pound or something. Yeah. So, yeah, there's this whole weird seafood thing where you could get. Today, it's way more expensive because it's got popular. But back in the day, people weren't eating it and it was just so cheap. That's crazy. Well, speaking of two cents a pound, the market rate in the 1960s for squid was about two cents a pound. So, that's four cents a kilo. Yeah. That's so... I mean, I know obviously the economy was different then, but still, that's very cheap. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I read something like the price of beef, like beef mints then was like a dollar a pound. And this was two cents a pound. I think it's something like that. Yeah. So, or just under a dollar a pound uh, in the 1960s. So, you can see just how cheap this product was. So, it's like giving this away as a snack at the bar for free. It was probably cheaper than peanuts. I'm like, well, we're a seafood shop and we just get this. We normally use it for bait, but let's just give it to customers for free and they'll probably like it. Because, I mean, back in the old country, back in Italy, everyone was eating it anyway. Mm. It's been popular for a long time. So, apparently, the ingenuity of Helen Randazzo saw other seafood bars in the, era, in the area also start to offer calamari on the menu. And eventually, they were actually charging people money for it rather than giving it away as a snack. So, it then became a profitable dish and uh, the price started to rise. But how did it gain so much popularity nationwide? This is actually quite interesting how this happened. So, in the 1970s, fishing restrictions and increases in meat prices meant that the most common meat and fish items were no longer at prices that the general public could afford. Yeah. It was like this was now a luxury item, not something that was super, super cheap. So the government actually set about trying to find new and cheap alternative food sources. And they sent university professors and researchers actually out to do this. They're like, this is a nationwide problem. We need to figure out how to feed the people at an economical price. Otherwise, you know, people don't have any food. It's going to be riots. Yeah. So let's find a way to bring in a different, cheaper seafood option. And they actually, one of the universities involved in this was MIT. So big, big universities were like set out to do this. One of the products that they came up with, I don't know if it was MIT or one of the other universities, was uh, the original fish burger made with beef meat and fish scrapings. Ew. 25% fish scrapings. So whatever was left on the bones, they like scraped it all off and they mixed that with beef to make the beef cheaper and make it into burgers. That sounds horrible. This product didn't apparently do that well commercially. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> but amazingly, according to the article I read, which uh, it was like early 1970s article in the, in the New York Times, I think, it said it was actually very popular with the people who tested it. It just really? didn't gain massive commercial appeal. I'm assuming- it's, Well, it's not appealing. No, it doesn't sound appealing, but apparently it was very tasty because they blind tasted it and everyone was like, this is pretty good. Fishy beef. Well, because the fish, you couldn't really taste so much. I guess they flavoured it. Yeah. So, it was just basically like a softer beef. I don't know. Obviously, I assume that fillet a fish, fish sandwich, it has nothing to do with beef. <laughs> no. <laughs> it doesn't say on the menu that it does. So, this is not the precursor to fillet a fish. I'm not sure when that was invented. But yeah. So, they were just like, yeah, let's use up all the leftover bits of fish and mix it with beef to make the beef cheaper. Strange. Okay. So, anyway, these universities were on a search to find cheaper seafood products. They did lots of taste testing. And there's an article from MIT that was released in a journal in 1974 called Using the Seas to Serve People. And they released their findings that squid had tested very high with people as something that they really enjoyed on the blind tasting when they ate it. They're mm -hmm. like, actually, this is delicious. But they were massively turned off by the name squid. Ah. So, they're like, hmm, 
No, I'm not going to buy it if it's called Squid. That sounds gross. I know. It do- it's not the best sounding name. No, we're just used to it now because we all eat it. Yeah. But at that point when no one was eating it, they're like, would you like some squid? And like, no, nah, I'm good. No. Now, of course, the Italian community already knew the word calamari. That was the Italian word for it. And somewhere in between that article coming out in 1974 and later into the 1980s, uh, the word calamari started to be used a lot more around the country. So it just sounds a little more fancy, a little more continental, like a little international flair that people exactly. are like, ooh, I'm eating fancy. It's international. It had an exotic twist exactly. to it. It sounded good. There's actually a quote from the New York Times in the mid-1980s, which reads, Even up until 1981, squid fetched fishermen barely 10 cents a pound. So yeah, from 1960 to 1981, it had only gone up from 2 cents a pound to 10 cents a pound. Today, the price is more like $2. So like within a few years, it went from 10 cents a pound to $2 a pound. Quite a difference. Yes. And it's increasingly becoming fancy fare, is what the quote said. So fishermen stopped fishing the dwindling supplies of cod and other premium fish because they were forced to. And so instead, they're like, well, what can we fish? We can fish squid. Now the price is going up. And actually, the FDC, which is the Federal Commerce Department, they encourage restaurants nationwide to start selling squid, but to bring customers into eating squid without scaring them off. They said, just cook it the same way you cook fish. So deep fried and battered. Ah, okay. Yeah. My understanding is in Italy, they were already doing that. Yeah. But in America, because they weren't, they were like, how can you sell this deep fry batter? Because that's what they were doing with fish in America already. Yeah. So let's do this with squid. I, as I said, there's no super mega long history on this in Italy. I just couldn't find anything. But almost certainly they were already deep frying squid. Yeah. Before and I mean, this. they had to be in like Spain and places yeah. like that. I mean, I believe so, unless it's like some crazy flip back story where they were only grilling it and baking it before and now it's no but almost certainly they were already doing this in europe but it just hadn't caught on in the u.s at all yeah but what they did was they decided that instead of trying to overwhelm customers with this new product that they didn't quite understand as well as simplifying it into something they knew they would also serve it as an appetizer so people could just taste it and try it as a small dish rather than a main dish and that is why it has become like one of the most famous appetizers rather than more of a main course. Because uh, they thought that was a way to sort of get people into it. Like a, little, like a compliment to the chef. I love yes. it when they do that, when they bring something out, and they're like, compliments to the chef. And you're like, free food! Oh, yeah! <laughs> no idea if they were giving it away for free, but they were at least like, this is a starter portion, this is just a couple of bucks, rather than being a, a full main course, expensive course. Yeah. So you can try it out, and then people started to get a taste for it. And all of the menus started calling it calamari rather than squid. Uh-huh. So, specifically referring to the squid rings that were now calamari. Improvements in machinery at the time meant that they could then process squid quicker, so they were getting this out on a mass scale, whereas before, it used to be processed by hand. But between 1989 and 1994, national sales of squid doubled from £127 million in weight to £215 million in weight within five years. So, it literally doubled the amount of squid that was going out to restaurants and and supermarkets and such. It's crazy to think that it only had a boom in like the 80s and 90s. Like so many things 30 did. 30 so, something years, 30 years ago. We were talking about this in the Portugal episode that it wasn't until 1974 when the, uh, the government, like the fascist government was taken down that suddenly cod prices, people couldn't afford cod anymore. Yeah. And they started doing other things and getting cod from other, like, yeah, this, a lot we, of stuff changed. I know, it surprises me every time. And it, it's crazy. You think that all these dishes have these, like, just long ancient histories. And it's like, no, it's been around since the 60s. Yeah. 
That brings us, we've looked at the cultural influence of how it arrived in the US and how calamari became the popular word in English rather than just in Italian. Mm-hmm. So, is calamari different from squid? This is where we're back to. We're, we're back, back to, to the start again, of the episode. Like, is it different or it, not? Because it was in the back of my head while we were having that conversation. I was like, well, isn't it like two, it's this, they're this in the same family, but they're kind of different-ish? It sounded like a marketing ploy. So, yeah, was it a clever marketing ploy or are they actually different species? For the final steps of this journey, I'm actually going to pop off to Australia. Oi. Let's talk about Australia for a bit. That's quite a flight. Yes, yes. So right now, there's probably not many flights. <laughs> yeah, that is a very difficult flight to make right now. So, just to start this off, in goodfood.com.au, they answer the question, what is the difference between squid and calamari, by saying, about $10 a kilo. Yeah, exactly. Price. Once you call it calamari instead of squid, the perceived value increases. But is that all that's going on? Twist! Oh. As I explained before, there are hundreds of species of squid. Well, I didn't say how many there were, but there's a lot. So within those, those yep. orders, those four different orders within the class of squid, there is a lot of different types of squid. Now, Some are tastier than others. That's what I was just going to say, because I could be completely insane. And as we discussed in the beginning of the episode, I'm not a massive seafood fan and you know i'll have some calamari i'll just like eat some off your plate but i won't eat like a whole dish to myself but definitely there are better ones than others so i remember having like squid like bread squid back home in australia from the fish and chip shop and being like this is chewy and ridiculous but then i had like calamari in spain and i'm like this is tender and delicious Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Was it cuttlefish? Because everything in Spain is calamari. <laughs> Calamaris. <laughs> it could have been just cu- I do that's like cuttlefish. I'm, that's what I'm thinking now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. No, oh. I mean, the difference is like with cuttlefish, for anyone who hasn't really had that, especially when we've had it in Spain and Portugal, it's not rings normally. No. Because cuttlefish is a bit bigger. It's normally chunks. So you can see the difference. When it's definitely rings, it's normally squid. But yeah. Uh, so. Back to Australia. Back to Australia. Yes, some are tastier than others. Some should not be eaten at all. There are types of squid that like have a very ammonia-type smell, Ew. and you literally shouldn't eat them. They're going to make you a little sick. On the whole, it's believed that smaller squid are more tender than bigger squid. And, but also one of the key factors, really, the difference why some is rubbery and awful and some is tender and beautiful, is actually just down to the cooking style. Overcooked squid goes super rubbery super quickly. This is a massive part of the problem. So the trick with calamari to make it fancy, so it tastes like you expect calamari to taste, uh, is to cook it very quickly, which is why deep frying is perfect. Yeah. And you shouldn't really fry it for more than about three minutes. So this can also work if you're cooking it on a hot barbecue or deep frying, well, not uh, if you're shallow frying it in a wok. So it's like salt and pepper squid, you're doing it in a wok. Like that sort of thing. It cooks really quickly and don't cook it for too long. Otherwise, it turns to rubber. The only other way to cook it is you go past the rubber stage and you literally leave it to slow cook for like two or three hours. And then it de-rubberizes at that point. So you can simmer it in some lovely tomato sauce, maybe serve it with some pasta at the end and not going to be rubbery. So actually, that's like one of the main reasons people think squid is rubbery is because people don't cook it very well. Yeah, it's just bad cooking skills. So yeah, it could be that some squid are less tasty than others, but also that people just mess it up every time. Uh Uh-huh. And you've got to think, like, if you do squid rings from a frozen packet and then you reheat it in the oven for 25 minutes, of course that's coming out rubbery. Yeah. That's, that's not how it's supposed to be cooked. 
Like it's already been cooked once or something and then it's being cooked again. Like, I don't know. It's yeah, of course, that's going to be terrible. All right. So this article that I was reading from Australia, the goodfood.com.au article goes on to explain that certain types of squid are certainly just better than others, as we said. Uh, and those better ones are calamari. Next level squid. That's goodfood.com.au's opinion. Uh. And such squid are characterized by actually having a different body shape. Apparently, calamari uh, have longer side fins that run the whole length of their body, whereas the typical basic squid has much shorter fins. This is a lot to take in. If you're wanting to like make calamari at home... <laughs> And this is not a cooking show. This is a no. <laughs> history show. You're getting out like your little tape measure, measuring their fins at the supermarket to make sure you're getting the good stuff. Like, that's really tricky. Well, if you go to the fishmonger, you just need to know which one you need to ask for, yeah. basically. So, this article cites this specific type of calamari. But then how do you know that someone's not trying to sell you squid and charge you calamari prices? You have no idea. That's why ah, you've got to take the tape measure. Exactly. <laughs> Make sure that you measure it up. Make sure that... Well, it just says that it's got a long fin that goes all the way along the outside rather than a short fin. So you should be able to just see that. Yeah, yeah. But they have specific names. And this one called Southern Calamari, very obvious name, mm -hmm. Latin name Sepio... Teothis australis just means southern calamari, apparently. This is apparently a calamari. This is the fancy version. This is the one that's $10 a kilo more. But the other common name for this is the southern reef squid. So it's, it's the so same thing. Confusing. It it's called southern calamari. It's also called southern reef squid. That's the two common names for this. So they're saying this is more expensive and it's got longer fins because it's a calamari. But its other name is squid. It's a squid. They're all squid. They're all squid. Yeah, more confusing. Now, what we learned from this, this is part of a family of squid called Loliginidae. And that's just a type of squid. They're called pencil squids. So all of these southern calamari within this, not only are they called southern reef squids, but all of their brothers and sisters and cousins are called pencil squids. That's their whole order. They're all squids. The, the, the whole thing is completely ridiculous. I can't find any scientific distinction anywhere to say that these southern calamari are not just squids. They're squid. It's all marketing. It's all marketing. So, although there are a few articles out there that say that this length of the fin means it's a distinguishing thing that makes it a calamari rather than a squid, um, let's just remember if we had this conversation in Italian, they're all calamari. Yeah. Which means they're all squid, because squid is just the English word for calamari. This is this is stupid. My brain is about to explode. I know, but this has been like, this whole argument goes around in circles and people are charging different prices for stuff based on it being calamari. Exactly. But, you know, hey, well, you know, calamari maybe is just the word that we now use to represent something that is a better tasting squid. Yes. That's the cultural thing. That's, that's basically my theory. Uh, it's a cultural change. We've just gone, well, these taste better, so let's call them calamari. And somehow the word calamari has become the fancy word because it's exotic and foreign. And this has happened not only in the USA, but also in Australia. Yeah. And probably in England as well. You can ruin a calamari if you overcook it. You can ruin a squid if you overcook it. Whatever species of squid you buy, whether it's called calamari or not, you can completely ruin it. Uh, the science world really doesn't care about flavor and texture. They only talk about the biology. And these things are all part of the squid family. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why there doesn't seem to be a different scientific class of calamari, because... 
it does, it's not a thing. It doesn't matter. It's just a cultural thing. So that's it. That's how confusing that is. And actually, in Italy, one of the most popular types of calamari is in English called loligo squid. And that's the one that they think is like the best. This is awesome. We use loligo squid. It's like Mediterranean squid. They use it for all their squid rings. You go to Italy and you're like, hmm, it's delicious calamari. And they're like, yeah, calamari, calamari. And it's called loligo squid oh in English. Goodness. So the whole thing is marketing. It's all marketing and To make confusion. you pay more. To think you're eating fancy. Yeah. And then you get people going around, oh, I don't like squid, but I do like some calamari. Mm-hmm. It's just better. It's just better than it's squid. It's just better, better quality, yes. Yeah. So, that's it. I think it's all marketing. It's a, it's a massive trick. Whether you're in a restaurant, whether you're in a seafood market, the word calamari has become a word that makes it sound like it's fancier, but it's also become a way to disguise the low-quality, awful squid rings that you might buy in a supermarket and be like, it's calamari. And everyone's like, oh, it's going to be great. And then you have it. It's like, no, it's rubbish. It's made from the worst type of squid. And, and then you don't know if, it, if it's the squid or if it's just you being a rubbish cook. They've got <laughs> so many back doors to this. They're it's, like, you didn't calamari well, you did, right, you did you? You didn't cook it right. Oh, you didn't do it right. It's your fault. <laughs> oh, bad chef. Bad chef. So, yeah, that's it. Buy the good stuff, buy the bad stuff. Don't mind. I mean, so, as I was saying right at the start of this episode that, you know, squid is the cattle and calamari is the beef. What I really think it is. Uh, culturally speaking, is that calamari is the Kobe beef and squid is the beef chuck. Yep. It's like, it's the, the low-end stuff. And that's all it is. Some species don't taste as good as each other. So, it's somewhere in between marketing and the fact that people have just realized that certain squid taste better than others, as long as you cook them right. That's it. That's calamari. But what about calamari that's not calamari? Are we back in pig anus territory? <laughs> anus, anus, anus de porco. A nus de porc. No bueno. A nus de porc. No bueno. So, of course, I, like low quality squid is pretty rubbery and terrible. But what if you want to make something even cheaper than low quality squid? Can you use pig rectum? Now, this is something that I have heard of that if you're in a low quality restaurant and you're getting calamari, it or squared, whatever, that it could be breaded, fried pig butt. Yep. And not the good part of the butt, because pig butt's good. But it's, like- <laughs> Is it? Oh, no, butt. The, yeah, sorry, the pig butt. butt. Yes. <laughs> not pig butt the anus. Is good. Pig rectum is not so good. Yeah. So, in 2013, a massive internet revelation shocked calamari lovers with the idea that pig rectum- uh, lovingly known in the industry as Pig Bung, Ew. B-U-N-G. What a wonderful name. That's, that's a horrible name. Yes. <laughs> Just say no. That's what I mean. I was being sarcastic at that point. Pig Bung. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So, it was being cut into rings and used to make budget calamari because, as we said, calamari or squid might have been two cents a pound in 1960, but yep. it's certainly not that price anymore. So, maybe using up some Pig Bung is a good way to go. So... It's got a similar texture. It has a similar tube shape. So, well, let's say it's a real shoe-in for plausibility, isn't it, that this could possibly be happening. So, could manufacturers really get away with this in the US? Well, I didn't know or if it was like people... Myth? I didn't know if it was like buying it in your frozen aisle section in a packet, but I thought it was like if you go to some dodgy restaurant or something, you well, might I be getting... Don't know, because, you see, pig bung calamari would certainly not be kosher. And selling pork products in the US 
like non-pork products pretending they don't have pork in, but they do, that would be a massive lawsuit waiting to happen. True. So we, are, you, are you suggesting that it's an urban legend? Well, no, let's say it wouldn't be the first time that the food industry have broken the rules in order to no, make a profit. Wasn't that whole thing in like in the UK where they found out that they were using horse meat instead of beef is in like their burgers and stuff and people were like, you've been feeding me horse this whole time? Yes. There was also a story that uh, rancid chicken was being bleached to get all the bad stuff off the outside so they could resell it when it had already been condemned as dog food. Aye. And they were then just going like, ah, come on, let's just bleach it. And actually, chlorination of chicken still happens in the USA, and that's legal. Gross. So, just to be aware, guys, uh, for There's those also, who live in the USA, in the EU, it is illegal. I heard about like also putting like red food coloring into beef mints to make it have that color back. Because, you know, aye. after a couple of days, it looks a little brown and gross, so they put red food coloring in it to make it look better. Once again, we don't know if any of these stories are 100% true. The horse the, one's true. The horse one and apparently the chlorine. Well, as we said, the chlorination of chicken is openly done in the US. Yeah. So if you're buying cheap chicken or frozen chicken from the supermarket rather than proper fresh chicken, be aware you might be eating chicken that was chlorinated Support to refresh Support your local it. farmers. Yes. Go get a chook from down the street if you can. But speaking of calamari pig bung, how much truth is in this story? So, apparently, the entire saga surfaced when Ben Calhoun, the producer of This American Life, mentioned on the show that a friend of his who worked at a pig processing plant had discovered that the pig bung was being sent off to be turned into calamari. Oh, so that's recent, because This American Life's been going, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize it was that new of a story. However, Ben Calhoun's friend never actually saw this process happened. And had just heard it from other staff members. Uh, was it his first day? I, it could be. <laughs> so, it appears we have a classic friend of a friend rumor mill right here. No physical evidence at all. Uh... Now, apparently, Calhoun was very specific on the show and he m- admitted there was no evidence. He'd only heard it from his friend who worked at the plant. And this was definitely not something he knew to be true. But it was too interesting and too plausible for people not to share that he'd mentioned it yeah. and for people to start researching it. And so this story went completely viral. And there was absolutely no evidence to say that it was definitely true in any way. So, so I did mention it one time that. on This American Life. And yeah, no, no, totally. You, yeah, yeah, he literally said on the show, like, I don't have There's any evidence, no evidence of this, but I think it's something interesting and worth exploring. So that's it. The whole thing, just he just said something as a nice piece on the show that he thought would be entertaining. And if it, because, you know, everything that's said in podcasts is real mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and everything you see on the internet is true. So therefore, yep. people must be selling pig rectums as facts calamari. Be, facts be facts it's be all true. facts be made up facts be fake news. So there you go. Um, definitely, as far as we know, pig bung is not used to make calamari because or is it that just would be not been mass- proven yet that would be such a massive lawsuit that would be so bad it but would be know- easy to prove because you just go into the factory that's supposedly making it and check or you open a packet and test the food but all you conspiracy theorists out there listening go nuts go test this theory for us and find out but you know that's not to say that deep fried pig bung wouldn't be good so, if you've tried it, tweet us at Food Fun Travel and just let us know if it was any good. Yeah. Why not? I mean, there are plenty of cultures where, I mean, even in, like when we did the tacos, which was like our first two episodes we ever did of this podcast, we spoke about how that, you know, in Mexican culture, they will use the entire pig. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. was it uh, nose-, nose to, I don't know, snout ta- to tail? Snout to tail. And everything in between gets used in some particular way. And that yeah. includes the bung. Of course. 
deep fried pig bung. I'd try it. I would not. No. But you tell me what it's like. Sure. All right, that's it for calamari. Hopefully you've learned some random things. Are you any more certain of what calamari is? I'm a little confused. No, I think everyone's got to be leaving this a little bit confused. But to sum up, I think it's all marketing. There's no scientific description of something being a calamari rather than a squid. No, but you do need to find out which sort of squid is the better tasting squid. Yes. So, as I said before, the Italians, if you are going to the Mediterranean, they swear by Laligo squid being a very popular one. There you go. And if you go into Australia, it's the southern calamari. Get out that tape measure. The one you want to get. Longer fins. And if you go into the US, I'm actually not sure which the best one is, but, you know, look it up. People have written about this a little bit, being like, this is my favorite type. And I'm like, well, if you overcooked it by 30 seconds, the wrong one, you might think that the other is bad. That is true. I literally read, co- I read contradictory reports on people's websites. One person's like, this is by far the most tender. It's amazing. Then the next website's like, this is the worst. This is like the cheapest, worst squid. So like, it it's depends just a on few the squid. seconds in overcooking. Yeah, you overcooked it or you just went to a different seafood market and it was slightly older or like anything could affect yeah. this. So we can't give you definite, definite recommendations. But, but ask if you do get the opportunity supplier. once lockdown is finished and we are traveling again, please do take the opportunity to travel to the Mediterranean and mm-hmm. try some fried calamari for yourself because it is life changing. Personally, I think Spain is my favorite country for calamari. It's- very good. Yeah. I mean, I know Italy is great as well, and I've had great calamari all over the Mediterranean, but I think Spain is my winner. I've, almost every time I've had calamari there, without fail, it has been amazing. If I think of Five calamari, stars. I instantly think of Spain, personally. Yeah. 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 I've never had bad calamari in Spain. All right. That's it for the calamari episode. So, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we appreciate your support. Like, right now, we're in a non-travel world, and that's obviously impacted our business a lot. Because we mainly deal with travel, bit of food, but a, a lot of travel as well. So if you can support us, the main ways you can support us through this difficult time, if you can also afford to support us, uh, we know not not everyone Lots can. Lots of people are struggling right, right now. now. But uh, if you can afford to support us, the best way to do that is to go to our Patreon account on Podbean, foodfundtravel.com slash extras. Uh, for a few bucks, you can just help us get through this tough time until people can start traveling again and we can start earning again from Keep that. Keep our wine supply stocked up yes. so we can bring out more fun podcasts. Exactly. Uh, and if you can't afford to support us right now financially, then the best thing you can do is just listen to as many episodes as possible. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Get more listeners on our show. Those are the, the main things that will really help. Also, head to foodfuntravel.com and just have a browse through some of our articles. We make money from advertising on the website. We make a little bit of money from advertising on the podcast as well. So literally just viewing our content and listening to our content does sometimes help us just a little bit. But uh, definitely head to foodfuntravel.com slash extras to get to our financial support page. And you get a couple of extra bonus episodes for free. And we're going to try and record maybe one or two short extra episodes for that premium section as well over the next few weeks whilst we're in lockdown. All right, that's it. We'll be back with another episode. I think another fish-related episode. We might be doing fish and chips next time. Fish and chips. Or we might be doing something else, but one of those two. Fish and chips is definitely in the works. We'll see what comes out first. Mm-hmm. If we want to go two fishy episodes in a row. Well, exactly. Maybe too much seafood would scare people away. The non-seafood lovers. It'd scare me away. Well, yes. And yeah, you're researching it. So exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, cheers, guys. We will see you on the next episode of The Dish. 
Thanks for listening to The Dish. Don't forget to subscribe and keep this podcast on the air by giving us a five-star review on your preferred podcast app or channel. Also, come join our foodie community on Facebook in the Food Worth Travelling For Facebook group. Catch you next time. Thank you.